this is Joseph Mendoz uh, with another video for virtualsheetmusic.com. Uh, so um, I know I've done probably way too many videos about the bow, but here goes another one. And well, the reason why I do so many videos about the bow is I feel like that um, the bow is something in string playing, not just in cello playing, but in string playing that is, um, uh, well, um, to, 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 to give it a kind of a hierarchy, I think is, is problematic. But I would say that I think it's the one thing that is the most misunderstood. It's not that the bow is neglected. Uh, in in teaching, um, uh, there's many many fine teachers who uh, who spend a lot of time on the bow and an appropriate amount of time on the bow. Um, but um, I do feel like that it is uh, at least not totally understood um, how the bow. Uh, um, first of all, how the bow is supposed to be held, which is something right that I dealt with in a previous video. Um, uh, really, what the the point of of um, uh, not the point, but the, the, the means of sound production uh, really is, um, uh, you know, what, what needs to be happening to the string uh, in order for a sound to actually happen. Um, uh, but something I haven't spent a lot of time on is, is um, how to increase uh, the variety in your tone. A lot, of, a lot has been said about making sure that you can play with a big sound that projects. Um, that's something that goes across all levels of, of, of string playing. That's what everyone wants. Everyone wants a big sound, right? That's going to be heard in the, in the last seat of the concert hall. And of course, this is necessary. But uh, to me, that's a gross oversimplification of really what a sound needs to be. Um, uh, to say simply that one needs to have a big sound uh, calls uh, to your uh, to your mind a, a kind of a picture of a very monochromatic sound, um, which is unfortunately a sound that you sometimes hear. Uh, even from even from big name artists, where there's not a lot of color or variety or even dynamic nuance um, in what they're doing. So the trick is to learn how to make sounds that uh, uh, project more the idea that you're trying to convey. For example, uh, something I tell my students a lot when they're um, interpreting um, uh, is to make sure that you always project your piano and project your pianissimo. And what that means is it doesn't mean to play really any louder than you were doing. It's actually to kind of project in the way that an actor would project. You want to project the feeling that's trying to be communicated through this dynamic. You want to try to, to, to project the, um, uh, the, the, the essence of what is musically going on so that the, the person sitting in the very back of the hall uh, can really understand uh, the meaning of the score and the meaning of what you're trying to do just as well as somebody in, in the front. Now let's talk about that actually, uh, uh, um, how, to, how to create this kind of really wonderful pianissimo. Well, a lot of it has to do with uh, the bow um, and understanding uh, just some, some basic mechanics. Um, so first of all, um, the, uh, the, the, the very common idea, right, is that when you play close to the bridge, um, and excuse me if my cello's a little out of tune here, it's, it's very hot <laughs> uh, so actually give me one second. Um, so, uh, to create this pianissimo, for example, um, uh, what you want to try to do is you want to try to just use the normal laws that we all know, right? Closer to the bridge and a slower bow usually means a kind of a more focused, intense, sometimes a brighter sound, um, uh, and then a little bit further away from the bridge, but a faster bow means a more kind of covered, velvety sound, 
right? Uh, but between these two, you can actually do a wide range of dynamics. For example, it's quite possible to play very close to the bridge and, and play a true pianissimo. Now, a cellist that was very good at that, many cellists that have good at, been very good at this, but Rostropovich uh, comes to mind as somebody who could create this kind of um, a pianissimo that was almost kind of on a knife edge, um, where you can have this very slow bow and create this very, very soft sound, but that has a lot of core. Now, of course, you can also make a soft sound that has more of that kind of covered velvety. This one's a little harder to do, it requires a little bit more control. But each one has a kind of a different character, uh, and you have to decide what's appropriate. Now you saw the differences that I was making there was that really on the on the first one, this more kind of controlled uh, pianissimo, I was much closer to the bridge, and on the second one I was much further away from the bridge. So a lot of this then has to do with you know obviously being in very good command of of where you want to put your bow. Um, and uh, many people think that this is something that for a lot of players is kind of instinctive, you know. Uh, um, and yes, it, it is that way, but we all learn at some stage that if you put the bow in a different place on the string and vary your speed and do all these things, you're going to get different sounds. So all you really have to do is just start experimenting and start really thinking more about this, this bow placement issue in order to get sounds that, that you like uh, and, and sounds that you feel are appropriate um, to what you're doing musically. Now there's another aspect to this too that I've talked about in other videos. Um, uh, to control this kind of pianissimo you need to be playing on a curve and you've heard me say this, I don't remember in what video, but one of them, where this curve um, uh, that I talk about quite a bit where you want to always have this kind of gentle raising of the bow as you approach the tip. Maybe you can't see that on the video but I ended on that on that very soft sound. I ended much closer to the A string. Now, um, uh, this is absolutely necessary to controlling the the the, the dynamic. Um, uh, the reason for this is that really to control the dynamic, you need to be able to sustain. Most people think of sustaining as sustaining a loud sound, but also you have to be able to sustain soft sounds as well. Um, and so the sound can't dissipate at all. And the way you manage that is through this this gentle curve motion. I'm exaggerating a little bit, obviously, um, but that's how we accomplish that. Now, another another way to think of this curve and to kind of get this into your technique um, is to do this little exercise. And what you do is, is you divide the bow up into, and I know I've done this kind of thing before, but this is a little different. Um, you divide the bow up into uh, four, six, or eight parts. We'll, I guess we'll do, uh, maybe we'll do six. Okay, so you're just going to play just on an open D and you're going to play that first sixth of the bow. So you want to imagine that the halfway point, you know, is obviously right at the halfway point. Maybe that's not exactly halfway. And then from there you have two segments. So this is your first segment, that's your second segment, and that's your third segment. And then you get to the middle. Then you have another segment, another segment, and then the final segment, and you get to the end. And that should, unless my math is wrong, it should be six sections. Okay, so the first section, you're just going to go to that first section, which should be a very, very short, in fact, I think I went too far, or about there. And then you're going to take your left hand, hold on to the bow, keep it right in the same spot, and then replace your hand as if now that's your new frog. That's, that's now where the frog is, okay? You're going to do another short little bow, and then you're going to place your hand in the new spot there.
Okay, and what you should be feeling is each time you start this bow, you're starting it from a very a very good feeling. You know, most of us feel pretty confident about playing at the frog and playing, you know, with a nice sound there. Okay, so then this next part we should be close to halfway, which it looks like we are, and then we just keep going like this until, well. Yeah, maybe I divided it wrong there. Sorry about that. But anyway, you get the idea. The idea is is to have the feeling of being at the frog throughout the entire bow so that you always feel like you have this that level of control, no matter where you are in the stroke. If you do that, if you can do that, then that means that if you want to play a really nice, healthy forte. If you want to play a very well controlled pianissimo kind of sound in any spot on the string, you can do that. Now, of course, creating these dynamics, like I said in the beginning, it's not only with the bow. You can vary your vibrato speed, and there's some other things. But primarily, it has to do with with first choosing where you're going to put that bow. Um, Really, I, I encourage all of you to focus really hard on that in your practice. To always be aware of where your bow is at. Uh, that's that's you know that where your bow is at is giving your hand a lot of uh, um, uh, uh, tactile um, uh, sensations. Uh, so you know, for example, when you're playing closer to the bridge, you're going to feel less resistance. When you're playing, oh, sorry, when you're playing away from the bridge, you're going to feel less resistance. And when you play close to the bridge, you're going to feel a lot of resistance, right? And that ability to manipulate that feeling of resistance is critical in learning how to control your sound, right? Uh, we ne we don't want to be just always reacting to a sound, you know, always just reacting to, and hearing, oh, that's not what I wanted. What we want is we want to be able to think of a sound and then automatically have the appropriate feeling in the right hand for how we want to create that sound. So that ideally we can just wake up in the morning and sit down and have that sound because we have memorized, in essence, what the sound actually feels like. So again, I, I, I um, uh, heartily recommend that all of you experiment greatly with putting your bow in different spots on the string and, and, and hearing what kind of different sounds you can get if you control the sound really well. And then also do that exercise, any exercise that I've given. You know, I, I think I remember giving the, the bow pluck one like that in a previous video. Um, just practicing this kind of gentle lift, uh, doing it kind of literally like that. Um, these bow distribution exercises that I've given in the past where you try to maintain the same articulation throughout the bow, all these things will help um, for you to get a, a feeling in your bow that you have um, uh, total mastery, that you can do really anything you want in any part of the bow. You can sustain, you can play really gorgeous pianissimos, you can play very full fortes and fortissimos, you can do all of these things. Uh, so I know that video was a little bit rambly, but uh, um, I think it uh, um, hopefully will help. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, I look forward to uh, uh, hearing your comments. Please uh, leave them on the virtualsheetmusic.com website. Uh, don't leave them on YouTube. Uh, I cannot and I will not, and I refuse to reply to them. So I will do my best to reply to the ones on the virtualsheetmusic.com website. Uh, once again, uh, this has been Joseph Bendos for virtualsheetmusic.com.